Hello and welcome to the Cyphers Theatre Podcast. This is a podcast for university students and recent graduates who are interested in pursuing a career in professional theatre. I'm Marcus Baisley, co-founder and one of the co-artistic directors of Cyphers Theatre Company. And I'm Will Holyhead, one of the other co-artistic directors. And this week we've had a nice chat to Akshay Sharan, who is an actor. He went to King's College London, studied English. He then went on to join the National Youth Theatre and through that acted in a play called The Reluctant Fundamentalist. And for that play, he actually won the 2018 Stage Debut Award for Best Actor in a Play. He then went on to train at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland and since then has acted in all sorts of wonderful television shows, dramas and plays in theatres. For example, Three Sisters at the Almeida Theatre, which Rebecca Frecknell directed. He's been in Grantchester on ITV. And just before lockdown hit us all for six, he was just finishing rehearsals for Jack Absolute Flies Again, which was due to be on all summer at the National Theatre. And we had a lovely chat with that show full of really useful stuff. Um, we kind of take you through from his time at university and the, the, what he was going through there. And then his experience of transitioning into the professional world of acting and any advice he would give looking back. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akshay. Thanks for joining us. Hey Will, hey Marcus, how are you doing? Yeah, we're good, thank you. How about you? Yeah. yeah, good, good. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too, you too. It seems like it's been a very long time, but then I suppose that's the same with every human being on earth at the moment, as we're still <laughs> <laughs> squirreled away. So you obviously would have at the moment, if it hadn't have been for this little event globally that's going on, would have been just about finishing off in a play at the National, is that right? That is right, yes. Uh, we would have finished at the end of July. Wow, so... Wow, July already feels like we're already... <laughs> it's September. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's in September. But how have you been keeping then that aside over the last few months of lockdown madness and cautious madness yeah well obviously I had one summer in my mind at the beginning of the year because most of us were offered the part at the end of November early December so it was something we were really looking forward to um and I managed to do a bit of a, a, a relatively smaller project in January February time which ended a day before my rehearsals at the National began. So it, I was looking forward to like the most consistent year of, of working. And like, <laughs> I think I probably would have ever had. Um, and then sort of three weeks into that, it all came to this crashing end. Um, so I've just tried to stay creative in my own way, but also take it easy and, 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 just, and just accept that things won't feel as productive and successful for, for a while now. And that's fine. Yeah, I think that's a, a very sensible outlook. Anyway, to wind the clock back from the present with Jack Absolute Flies again at the National Theatre 2020 getting suspended um, to the start of your journey, I'd like to do that by um, bringing up a memory that I've got of you. When I first met you at King's, where we were in a, a King's Players, which was the King's Drama Society welcome event, and a kind of two truths, one lie game, or maybe the other way around, was played, in which I seem to remember that one of your truths was that at school you'd 
only ever played women. Is that right? That was the truth, yeah. Um, Because I went to an all-boys boarding school in India and for six years. um, So someone had to play the women. And I, 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 I would like to think um, it wasn't that I was any less manly than any of the other boys. It was just that I had a diverse casting type. <laughs> <laughs> Give him um, anything, he'll do it. <laughs> so, what point to... was there a kind of point where you thought you remember thinking, actually, I want to do this professionally? That I actually I want to do this for real? Yeah. That there's, there's, there's a crystal clear moment, like a second, actually. Oh, wow. and, I, and, I've que- and, I've quest- and I've questioned this for years now, but I think, you know what, memory is what you make of it. And I've decided that basically, when I was 16, I was playing Hermia in a Midsummer Night's Dream for our 75th Founders Day celebrations. And the show that we were supposed to be doing was in this open air amphitheater. And you'd be surprised, the weather in India is as unpredictable as the weather in the UK. <laughs> and, it, and it rained, so we weren't allowed to perform that night. And all the guests who were meant to be seeing it weren't. But weeks later, we were allowed to perform it for the rest of the school. And I, rem- and I remember very clearly, it was the lovers scene where, right in the middle of the play, where they're all where they now all happen to be in love with Helena when mm. at the beginning they were in love with Hermia and the potion is just working its magic. And it's all, it was all a bit crazy and like this, 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 this scene, this fight scene had been choreographed, um, which was very comedic. And I, I, I remember the, direct, the, the director gave us license to you know, turn to the audience and it was it was it was a moment of of of, of extreme anger for Hermia where I sort of lashed out, and it was the line where it's like I have nails as long as uh, that are as, that are long for thine eyes, and 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 I and I sort of saw all these all these seniors of mine because I was still in my in my penultimate year at school, and I remember seeing all these seniors who I'd had I'd I'd had an unfortunate relationship with over the years because of certain hierarchy that boarding school and enforce and and and, it, and i and i and i clocked and i don't know if i'm like sort of making this up now but i i do remember thinking at the time i was like oh my god they're listening to me like for the first time i have a moment where i can really sort of stake my claim and say something even it's even if it's through this playwright who existed hundreds of years ago that we're randomly doing at this boarding school halfway across the world it it's sort of all clicked and I loved that play more than anything I ever did. And that, that show and that company and that director who was also my history teacher who I loved. I just, I just, yeah, that moment sort of crystallized for me in my, in my mind, in my memory. I maybe, not, I maybe didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, it definitely dropped the sort of desire to come to London and pursue it, um, which was sort of towards the end of uh, 2010. And yeah, lo and behold, two years later, I was seeing this guy in Spring Awakening. <laughs> that was the real moment that you knew. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. So when you applied to come to King's, to come to university in the UK, would you say then that even though it was to come and do, in your case, an English degree, that it was kind of part of a firmer objective 
to come and to try and become an actor it's just that was the route that you saw from your background as the most logical into it uh yeah it it was um i was born having been born in england and then having moved to indian arts when i was 8 coming back to the uk for for university was always something my parents talked about So they kept that window open and when I did that play and I happened to be uh, studying um uh, doing an international baccalaureate course in my year 11 and 12 at school and we were reading all these other plays as well like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and Death in the Maiden and Macbeth and Julius Caesar etc Pygmalion that's when I went I do I love English literature and this and and a lot of our work can be quite theoretical as much as practical you know just sort of sat in your room reading memorizing all of that then contributed towards me looking at a university in london and a university in edinburgh and those were my two choices i had a dream of going to the fringe and doing a play there so yeah i it definitely informed my choice to come to london but i didn't know drama school at that point so english an english degree degree definitely felt like the most um, viable way of doing it So what were um sticking with the kind of university years for a few moments longer what were the kind of highlights theatrically for you whether it was things that you saw things that you acted in any moments that really made that fire burn even more um yeah the the biggest factor at kings was being recommended to audition for the national youth theater hmm and that was that's what opened me up aside from going to the theater five six times a night as like putting my putting all my student loan into tickets um auditioning for the national youth theater definitely opened up sort of the world of theater in london for me on a scale that wasn't um that wasn't on a student level um and i i remember it was hannah elsie who we i did my first play at kings it was the devils directed by I don't know if you remember Isha Sohota. I saw that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he who's a family I'm still very close to. Like a surrogate Indian family of mine. <laughs> and um and he he directed Hannah and I in this adaptation, not in this John Whiting play. That's a famous Ken Russell Oliver Oliver what's his name? Reed film. and she then when we were doing this play recommended auditions for the national youth theater for me so by the time i was starting second year i had auditioned for it and i'd done an induction course at rose bruford in sidcup this is august 2013 and i'd become a member because of course it was through the national youth theater that the you went went on to do the reluctant fundamentalist which i yeah. guess certainly from an external point of view I would point as a pretty big landmark and turning point for all sorts of reasons I'm sure you probably feel and, the same and internal point of view yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to be too forward in guessing that but I would have been shocked if you said no that was nothing so tell us a bit about um about that play with the National Youth Theatre cuz that was a long old process from beginning to end yeah well that wasn't until 3 years later and i think the joy of the national youth theater is you do this induction course whether it's like the two week senior course which is now i think 3 or 4 weeks or the epic stages course or the playing up course all these different versions of becoming a member 
and then you can dip in and out of it as much as you like until you're 26. And you can and you can enter the National Youth Theatre as young as you like, up um, from when you're I think 14. So I happen to like smack bang in the middle of that age period. Um, I was inducted into that company when I was 19, and then when I was 22 in the summer of 2016, they were putting on an adaptation of this novel called The Reluctant Fundamentalist, which is a film as well, and um, is at the heart, a Pakistani story um, of the American dream that goes wrong post 9-11. So yeah, I was like, sign me up. <laughs> so did you, audition, did you audition for that? Or was that, how did that work? Yeah, it's an audition process. So they sort of outlined their projects and then you do a general casting every year which is quite similar to the audition of like a physical workshop and then you meet a panel and then you do monologues and you do that as a member too and then they consider you for different projects or the rep company which is their equivalent of drama school it's a nine-month course that is free and it's almost like the third year of drama school uh, that you're directly thrown into and you need to you need to specify if you want to be considered for the rep company or not and then these different projects crop up over the new year that you hopefully end up doing by the by the summer. So yeah, there were three rounds of auditions for it. First being the general round, and then I met the writer, Stephanie Street, who had adapted the novel with the author, Moshin Hamid, and Prasanna Puanaraja, who's currently associate director at the Donma, and he um, he is on the board with the National Youth Theatre, and, and I met the two of them. Steph's British Indian, like I am. Prasanna's uh, British Sri Lankan. So we had sort of South Asian storytelling in common, and I was lucky enough to be offered it. Yeah. Amazing. And that then had quite a few iterations over a couple of years, didn't it? Because it was at the, uh, the Finborough. The Finborough first. Yeah, then Edinburgh. The Finborough in summer of 2016. Then the Yard Theatre yep. in mm. the summer of 2017. And then the summer of 2018, it, we went to the Bradford Literature Festival and the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And then... Wow. Yeah. As you're very yeah. modestly not dropping in there at some point in order that you won, of course, the stage debut award for your performance in that, which is not too shabby. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, we we all we all won that together. I was I was the lucky one. I was the lucky one to go up for it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was for the yard run, which we did in the summer of 2017. Um, and um, yeah, that was that was just before I happened to go to drama school. So then a year later, when the ceremony happened, we had just finished the Edinburgh Fringe run. And it sort of brought a three-year, sort of three-summer process to this sort of neat culmination, which was, yeah, amazing. It was a crazy, wild summer. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like the National Youth Theatre, NYT, was, it's been huge for you in, the, in your journey from student drama. And we'll come on to drama school in a second, but that, that step, it, it seemed to really facilitate that bridging of the gap massively massively yeah i owe them i owe them everything like i 
I found my agent through them. Uh, Prasanna has been like a father to me. I actually said that to him at one point, and he was like, "You do know I'm only ten years older than you, right?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's been my mentor. Um, I have friends for life from that show, and the faith they put into it. Because we did it a month before Trump was elected, and the story deals with um, Islamophobia. Because he, the, the 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 main character, Changiz, he he's born and brought up in Lahore, and then he goes to Princeton University, and then he lands this massive, multi-million dollar salary job at a valuation firm in New York, and he's live and he falls in love with this American girl, and he's just living the life until 9-11 happens in the middle of the story. And he's recollecting that in 2008, back at home in Lahore. He's, he's met someone who reminds him of his journey in America, and he's reflecting. And the, sort of, and the, the play jump, uh, played with that chronology of, of things happening in 2001 in his really exciting, like, unpredictable life, and then the more reflective, older self of 2008... Uh, looking back on how much it shaped him. So they kept bringing that back and they invested. They, the, the cast changed over the years, but a few of us managed to stick with it from the beginning. And they invested a lot of energy and money and belief and faith in in that show. Um, and yeah, th- that was very much, um, that was, that's very much what has allowed me to access the industry as a professional. Mm. Since we're sort of on the, the in the rough area of of this, um, how if you're happy to talk about it, how much do you think your your heritage and your backgrounds, as it, how has that influenced your career, the challenges that it might have have had, and also the opportunities that it's given you? Um, yeah, it's something. Um, an actor of of color, I I feel like has to live with every day. Uh, for better or for worse, and that's that's why this this um, this this production of this show that at the heart is is Pakistani in nature was very was 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 very um, empowering. Is because it dealt with it in a three dimensional manner, and it allowed us to see Chungiz, the main character, in so many different lights. And it felt more and more relevant given American politics since 2016, um, each time we did it. Um, And it has also given me access to my first fully professional job that had nothing to do with that. You know, it Mm. was it was a Chekhov. It was a adaptation of it was a modern adaptation of Three Sisters where, you know, there was another Indian actor in that show. There was a mixed race actor in it. There was you know, people of all different kinds of ages. So, yeah, I've had moments of frustration, but also moments of empowerment and, you know, and realization about my identity. Um, And, yeah, it brings all sorts of challenges. But at the end of the day, you have to do take it, you have to take it in your stride and and allow it to fuel you rather than, rather than, um, rather than frustrate you, because it can be a very, very tricky thing. Mm. that's really well said and actually yeah pretty empowering so yeah thanks for that actually yeah yeah incredibly so so jumping back to as you said uh about drama school you did end up going to drama school 
but maybe if we wind back to actually again at university, can you kind of take us through your whole journey from that first thought through to when you ended up going to and then leaving um, um, Royal Scottish Conservatoire? Yeah, I think uh, I first came across drama school in our first year at uni. Um and you know the, the 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 usual London drama schools are mentioned, and you, and 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 you and, and I suddenly realised, oh, it's a, the course is a similar length and a similar cost, and um, maybe with more contact hours, sure, but quite sort of relatable to a university degree. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm doing something theoretical now, but obviously. I want to be on stages and in front of cameras and in rooms. So uh, that seemed, seemed like a logical step to make. I didn't, however, want to cut Kings short because, yeah, once once a ball is rolling, I think you've got to see it through to its natural conclusion. So I, I'm, like I said, I've continued to enjoy studying abroad and coming back for our final year. And a Samuel Beckett module that I did in in, in third year very much stood out as as my favorite academic aspect uh, of my experience at King's and yeah doing Shakespeare's London at the Globe itself and continuing to watch all this theater that all that all didn't stop and I didn't want it to because I think the mistake a lot of people make while auditioning for drama school and I might have made to a certain extent is to like put everything else aside and just think of that as like the holy grail and of course, it can be life changing to go to drama school. And it was for me eventually, but I, I, I didn't get in until my third attempt. And the first two times, I think I treated it, I put it on a pedestal a bit too much. And, and, and the third time what I saw was that, oh, no, I'm going for these auditions in the swing of the life that I already am living. And that's sort of feeding into it as much as the auditions are feeding into my life. It's a sort of symbiotic process. So I did audition in my final year at uni. I did a widespread of them. And then I got recalls from some, rejections from others. So I whittled down the list. It was eight to begin with, five in London, one in Glasgow, one in Cardiff, and one in Bristol. And then it was only five um, the second year I auditioned, maintaining a few in London and the one in Glasgow and Bristol. But then coming down to like my favorite two or three in my third attempt. And by that point, I was already doing the Reluctant Fundamentalist and all this National Youth Theatre stuff was kicking off. So, um, yeah, third time lucky. What, what uh, I'm interested to know what factors meant that you whittled them down. Like what, what were there things about the, the audition process that gave you just a sense of this isn't this isn't for me, this school or what? what? Yeah, it, I think I think it would it, it would it would. That's a good question, actually, because it's it's not something I thought about a lot immediately. I just sort of tried to get on with the auditions. But I think if you're if you're not lucky enough to get in first time, it's really good to look back and 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 think about what it was. And if I think about it now, I. I always remember the chats that I had with the panel afterwards and how. I made my offer, I did my monologue, um, got through all the, you know, polite, ice-breaking, small talk, and, yeah, sort of, you put yourself out there, you pay all this money, um, 
And then you have a chat with them. And that's when you can gauge, you know, are they meeting you halfway? Are they, are they, are they seeing you for what you felt like you did offer? Or is there a version of you they're trying to pick on? And the ones that just had a chat with me, you know, and just went, you're obviously an actor with a lot of energy and ambition. And, and, you know, that's something that energy is something you need to sort of hone and, and, and work on and harness, you know, but, but like at the end of the day, that'll come with the training. If you're lucky enough to be offered it, let's just have a chat. Now, those are the ones I felt, you know, really at home with and like, much, much, much similar to this, you know, any sort mm. of platform where you have a discussion about work needs to feel like a, just a, just a discussion, you know? So yeah, the ones where I felt like the monologues were the work, the workshops were the work, and then the chats were the, were the, were the, was, were the moments to connect. Those are the ones I kept going back to. Mm. That's really interesting. I'm really telling because it, I think we so often think of auditions as being it, people judging us and that mm. you're going into that room and being judged, but actually it's a two-way process. And, and speaking obviously as a director now, it massively is because like as a director, you feel hugely judged by the actors who are coming in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're conscious so much of it being a two-way thing. And I, and I think you're right with drama schools in particular, because there's so many people auditioning year after year after mm -hmm. year. Um, it, it's important for you to to treat that process not as uh, a be all and end all to get in. It's about yeah. is this the right place for me? Exactly, exactly. And and knowing that is knowing and knowing where that is and with whom that might be, especially if you audition several times, as a lot of people uh, end up doing. You get you do get to know the staff quite intimately. Mm. And you've spent a grand total of however many hours with them over however many years. But those hours of work and chat are so telling that sort of reflecting on that, I think it was the key factor. And actually, I suppose a good, good lesson in that when you did get into Royal Scots, that was on your third attempt to there specifically, as well as to drama school full stop right so yeah so i suppose to anyone who's listening who might have heard the kind of the rumor or the myth that if you don't get in your first two times then you're never going to get in so give up there's a living example that that's clearly not true yeah um no well there was someone there was a senior of mine who I tried seven times wow that's... seven times but it's um interesting all the you've been saying there kind of reminds me a bit what you were saying about empowerment more generally and actually I think it's quite similar um, in a way though it's a, a different challenge and a challenge that I suppose everybody who's applying to drama school faces to some degree yeah. but it is like both of you say getting around that idea that it's just you on show um, mm. and whilst it can feel like quite a powerless situation ultimately it is mm. in your control not just how you perform but to judge whether the yeah. place is right for mm. you as you did in whittling it down from quite a few seven eight to start with down to just a handful by the yeah. time you were applying in the year that you actually got in yeah the difference between drama schools where I felt like I could just sort of get on with things have fun in the building on the day you know get lunch with whoever meet the panel, you know, where just things felt like they were happening. And an event in itself was very 
fulfilling and 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 I had a very different feel to the other auditions worrying about whether it's what they wanted and then leaving and going oh shit I didn't actually learn anything about the school or them even though I've spent mm. all day in that building okay great so obviously as you say by the time you got to go to drama school you'd already performed in the reluctant fundamentalist and off the back of that got an agent so you were i suppose in quite a um strange position yeah. compared to a lot of people who might prioritize um of many things that you get out of going to drama school might be looking to get an agent at the end of it so can you tell us a bit about your experience when you were actually mm. there i suppose touching on the fact that you obviously didn't need to worry about that aspect of it but just generally how was your experience of training in the time that you spent there um yeah the course was quite intense was quite intensive the hours were many more um the english degree that i had already done really helped in accessing the reading but in terms of stamina and how 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 small the group is there were 24 of us and how intensive the hours are that was definitely uh, a step up and moving city again for the third time in my life fourth time maybe was another challenge and i'd say glasgow i do find to be a more difficult city than london for various reasons that also happened to be you know within a year where i was going through a lot so it was slightly more heightened i've had many more years in london and been been managed to spread myself out a bit more but that year itself was yeah it, it sort of really pushes you to reckon with your identity and your in every aspect you know whether it's your nationality your ethnicity your gender your sexuality your physicality your you know, do you, is is it? Do you separate your mind from your body? How you can allow it to drop in? There, there's just so much that is being thrown at you, and so much um, input. That yeah, I, I I was I was looking forward to staying there, but I I equally breathed a, a, a breath of fresh air when I made the choice to drop out because yeah, it, it is an assault from every direction done in done in a very caring and and structured manner but everyone on the course was you know a young adult from 18 to I think there were a bunch of us who were in the sort of 20 23 24 year old mark and then there was going up to 30 so you know we'd had relative levels of life experience but nothing that was sort of 10 hours a day of of you know, movement and singing and dancing and voice and theory and then watching, you know, third years do their showcases at the end of the day. Yeah. It really is drama <laughs> boot camp. So can you so, tell us a bit about yeah. <laughs> both that decision to leave early and also what that was then to leave to go and do and the next steps? Um, yeah, so it, I, I often think about it as a London bus station where, you know, you're waiting for one and then suddenly three turn up. And, and I finally got into drama school after three years. And then lo and behold, the help that the National Youth Theatre were offering really ballooned. And I'd only been in that course up in Glasgow for a year when we were then sort of thrown into the Edinburgh Fringe and the award happened and my agent saw the show and reached out to me and um, 
yeah, well, who wasn't my agent at the time, but obviously expressed interest in us, you know, signing and was and turned out to be someone who I was aspiring to meet um, during my final year at drama school, you know, through Showcase. So it really did fast track things. And 2018 was definitely the year of change um, thus far. And I, I, I just tried to take everything in my stride. I mean, it wasn't all glitz and glamour. There were I've lost friends from drama school and I've had to make, you know, I've had to make financial choices <laughs> that my dad might not have agreed with. And um, um, but I've reconnected with London and with friends in London. And um, yeah, so it, it was it, it, from finishing my first year at, at drama school in June 2018 to going to the Edinburgh Fringe in August 2018, to signing with an agent in London in September 2018, and then sort of dipping in and out of auditions in London over the next few months, but also dipping in and out of training in Glasgow, to then finally land my first professional job in January 2019, to then pack my bags, move back down to London. Those six months were, were yeah, turbulent, I had a lot of help from my family. I had a lot of help from my King's friends um, in coming back. And I had a lot of support from Royal Scottish as well, which is, which is something that really set them apart for me, was their, their encouragement. Having heard about the show, The Reluctant Fundamentalist's Journey, before I went to Glasgow, they encouraged me to continue with it. And Ali D'Souza, who was the head of acting, on that course. He came to see it in Edinburgh. He had heard of my agent, Lizzie Newell, um, and he, he really recommended that I, um, I meet her and follow through with that. Um, Goodness, that I didn't realize it was quite so mm. madly squished together. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that can be the challenge of our, as actors and directors and writers is you sort of spend all this time preparing and then yeah. suddenly all of, you know, all of the buses come at once, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just... If you were kind of faced now with, you know, whether it's your younger self or, as I say, just a, another student who was thinking about pursuing a career in theatre after studying at university, I suppose what bits of advice might you want to, to give to them? Um, I think we touched on this earlier of, of not of not cutting yourself off from other opportunities and things that you're already a part of to do something else. I mean, I think I think time management is is is, is key and something that I learned at drama school. But I, I wouldn't change sort of how messy and 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 tumultuous getting into that drama school was, because yeah, the auditions were one thing. But then everything else that happened during at university, in between university and drama school with the National Youth Theatre, that ended up counting for like as much, you know, and you, we look at alumni and, and, and fellow actors and, and we aspire to, you know, have a clean cut shot at what they might be doing at the moment. But you never hear about all the hoops that they had to jump through to get to that job. So I think I learned as much from spending three years of, you know, not managing my finances and just putting energy 
in seeing shows and going for scratch nights and doing workshops and auditioning for drama schools and doing this national youth theater play in sort of all guns ablaze you know i would highly recommend anyone to read um this is a bit of a sort of nerdy actor actory note uh brian cranston's autobiography um and in which he talks about the beginning of your career, which I'm, which I still very much count myself in, and which, which even throughout lockdown I continue to, to do, is is to create energy, you know, and and to not judge how you do that, you know, wherever that might be, you don't look at some perfect image that you have of yourself with some statue in thirty years and think of you know the 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 one route to get there. There is, there is no such thing. It is, it is just, you know, sowing as many seeds as possible and whichever one grows first, you know, jump. And then that might stop growing. And then this other seed that you planted two years ago, oh, okay, let's jump there. And that's what the sort of ping pong between Glasgow, London, National Theatre, Drama, etc. taught me. Yeah. Well, thank that's you yeah. so, so much, Akshay. It's been great to talk to you about all of this. And I'm sure everyone listening will find it both useful, inspiring, and hopefully a bit entertaining as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed that chat. It was a really just great, honest, open conversation. Um, were there any key highlights that you're taking away from that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the idea of self-empowerment that actually talked about so eloquently um, and this idea particularly now around, say, things like auditions where you can often feel that you're on show and you're being judged, you know, flip that around, take some control over the situation and do what they actually did and say, well, you know, I don't really actually like the way that this audition's going. So when I audition next time, I don't want to to come on audition for this mm. school. I think mm. that's a very specific example, but yeah, generally just that philosophy of, of valuing yourself and valuing your identity, regardless of what challenges big or small are thrown at that. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think massively and, and kind of sort of leading on from that, I suppose uh, I found it quite inspiring the way he sort of fully embraced all of life experience I think that was the thing that came across so much in that was whether it was his time at university or it's, it's <laughs> you, as an actor, it's your life is your fuel. And the more you live that life and take, take ownership of that identity, the more power you have. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So anyway, we hope that you've enjoyed our chat this week with Akshay Sharan. If you did enjoy it, do give us a follow on whatever platform you like to listen to your podcasts on. And if you do happen to have any questions either about anything we've discussed today or anything more broadly about theatre, do get in touch with us on Twitter at Cyphers UK using the hashtag Cyphers Create. And we'll either try and get back to you on there or even talk about your question on another podcast. So until next week, it's goodbye from us. Mm-hmm.